Welcome to Uncontained, episode 56. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, I have an MMA fighter and stand-up comedian. No, not two different people, one single person. Yes, Shannon Gillespie. We go back a little ways, back to my days doing open mics in Cedar Rapids and Iowa City area, back when I... Back when I still lived in the Midwest, and uh, well, we did some shows together, and thought it'd be great to catch up with him on Uncontained, uh, talk a little bit about what it's like being on stage and being in the cage, and find out if there's any similarities there, and what what drove him to both the stage and the cage. So that's all coming your way. I'd like to thank everybody that's been going to my website, uncontainedpod.com, clicking on the Amazon banner and supporting the show. I uh, I appreciate it. Every little thing helps keep this show up, running, free, and with minimal ads. So thank you for all your support. Thank you for sharing the show, telling friends about the show, and please leave a comment, rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't done it yet. But I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. There is some audio, um, I don't know, Skypiness to this. Yes, uh, Skype cuts out every once in a while during it, and it's in the middle of words, so it was hard to edit out in parts, but I tried to make it sound as good as possible, as good as Skypely possible. And with that being said, here is Uncontained, episode 56, featuring mixed martial artist and stand-up comedian, Shannon Gillespie. How are you doing today, Shannon? Welcome to Uncontained. Hey, how's it going? Thanks, Static, for having me. Yeah, awesome. man, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, not too often you run into the combination of stand-up comic and MMA fighter, on the other hand, you know? Uh, not yeah. too many people want to laugh at some... or want Yeah, laugh at somebody who can kick their ass, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's really kind of hard to do, too, because, like, you know, the more you get punched in the face, like, the more risk you are for like critical brain injury so it's harder to write jokes when you've been like knocked unconscious more and more so <laughs> <laughs> i can see that yeah like and maybe it helped me though because a lot of time with me i don't pause while i'm on stage i think i am but maybe it would give me the moment where i pause for a second let the joke sink into the crowd and then move on yeah, I um I have before one time I did stand up for uh, a group of firemen in Monticello, Iowa, and I had I had just gotten stitches the day before and they started bleeding like the cut started bleeding while I was on stage and I didn't oh. realize what was going on. <laughs> it's like bleeding <laughs> on my own shirt. Wow. How'd the firemen handle that? Did they run up and like with sutures and everything? No, they were actually pretty drunk at that point. So it was, they just kind of laughed. I think they laughed at the fact that they weren't on duty. So they didn't have to be responsible for it. They were just like, <laughs> yeah, go out into the bathroom and wash yourself off. So <laughs> I was like, all right, thanks, guys. Yeah. But uh, no, I like, you know, there's a lot of versatility in it. You know, there's a lot of networking through it, too. You know, you'd be surprised how many people do stand up that are like fans of MMA or people that, you know, train hard or, you know, or athletes that really like comedy. You know, it provides kind of a relief from their everyday sort of like routine. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I like it both. I like doing stand up because I get to make people laugh. 
and then uh you know i like training and you know when i do actually compete i get kind of hurt somebody so that's kind of fun but, uh, <laughs> the spectrum of uh of feelings with people i get <laughs> so how did you get into doing stand-up and mma which came first uh, actually they, they all no. kind of came around the same time, but, uh, comedy came about a year before I started doing stand up. I, um, I started in real early 2008 in Cedar Rapids. I had lived across from the comedy club that's down there. And, uh, you know, I just basically was like, all right, I'm going to go give it a try. And, uh, and that's kind of the, the way I approached MMA too. But with stand up, like, all right, went to open mics, started doing open mics and just kind of fell in love with it. And then a year later, you know, I, uh, I had a lot of friends who had like trained and I had boxed a little bit with a bunch of my friends when I was younger, we used to like go into our garage, put on like boxing gloves and like pound the crap out of each other in a hazardous <laughs> environment. You know, there's like, but it's always good. Of, like, paint and sharp metal toolboxes all around. And then there we are like punching each other with like everything we got. So I, uh. I started going to fights and I was like watching people fighting and I was like, you know what? I'm not too old. You know, I was like 28 at the time. So I was like, you know, I could give this a try. So I actually, before I even started fighting, uh, I was promoting people and like helping them find fights. There's uh, yeah. in Iowa in 2010, before 2010, there was kind of like a wild west, no holds barred version of MMA. Like there was like no weight classes and you could like fight people that were professionals, even if you were amateurs so it was really like they'd put a cage in a bar and who show up would just beat the living piss out of each other. And uh, I had family members and some friends that wanted to get fights. So I'd call around to like, you know, these places in Davenport or in Des Moines and even in Cedar Rapids, Iowa City and like line up fights. And uh, I had done that for a while. And then uh, my, uh, my cousin who was fighting for a while. Um, he was kind of like clowning on me and there was this guy that we had known that we had fought, you know, alongside a few times. And my cousin was like, dude, this guy was talking smack about you. He said he could like beat your ass at the next fight. And, uh, he's like, you know, so we signed you up to fight this guy in two weeks. <laughs> so, so that's, that's <laughs> how I started fighting. Basically I was like helping my cousin and some of his buddies get fights. And one day he was like, Hey, this guy wants to fight you and he's been talking all the smack about you. So in two weeks you're going to fight him. And, uh, I, you know, I had never really had that much formal training. I wrestled a little bit in middle school and, uh, just my buddies beating on each other with boxing gloves. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I go to this gym at the time it was Valhalla combat club in Cedar Rapids and now it's hard drive performance center. And, uh, I had a okay. buddy named Lonnie Steven at the time. And, uh, he's like, awesome. You know, he's kind of helped me throughout all of the time I've trained. And I was like, Hey, I got this fight. I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, what he goes, come here, you know, train. That's all you really got to do. And, you know, I've been at the same gym ever since, but I, so two weeks go by and I got to fight this guy and we show up and thank God we kind of weigh the same weight. So there's no like real big discrepancy, but I find out after talking to him that my cousin had been contacting that guy and telling him that I had been talking smack about him and that I wanted to fight. Him. So like, he basically got me and this dude to believe that we were talking smack about each other to fight. So that was, uh, that's funny, man. Yep. And then a very, so who won? Um, I won by, Oh, it was horrible. It was a horrible fight. It was like what you would expect out of like third graders. Like 
I, I didn't really know very much about punching at all. I knew a little bit of like wrestling. So we just basically wailed on each other. He like had had a lot of Taekwondo experience. So he kicked me in the body a bunch, but pretty bad in the midsection, but I ended up basically um, knocking him down in the second round. And then before he got up, I just kind of planted as many punches as I could on him. So, and then they stopped it and I was like, went out in the parking lot and puked my guts out, called my mom and told her I didn't like go out in a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always a benefit when you can walk out of the walk out of the cage yeah well and it was it was like very informal too it was like at a bar and like the boxing ring was literally like eight feet away from the bar so there's like all you know and it's in iowa so there's like all these dudes in cowboy hats and shit and they're like go get them yeah and i'm like you know getting a bunch of guys i don't know trying to buy me alcohol and i don't drink but it's like <laughs> ah thanks guys like you kicked his fucking head. What bar was this at? It was this. Uh, it used to be called Uncle Bucks. It was uh, in Des Moines, somewhere like uh, I think West Des Moines, maybe. But uh, and it was on like Wednesday nights too. So we'd go out there and like you know you'd fight whoever. You'd just get busted up, you know, and then you'd go into work on like Thursday morning and like what the hell happened to you, you know, like like your eyes black, like lips <laughs> are like huge, you know, all swollen, got like marks all over your face and your from getting choked you're like oh no it was cool I just went to a bar you know <laughs> the girlfriend and i got in a fight she won yeah uh <laughs> out of me i jumped no it was uh yeah. and it's weird because at the time i worked for a telemarketing place so i you know when i we go to these fights the next day i'll bust it up and they're like are you all right like have to meet with people and like give projections for like calling stats for these universities and they're like just staring right at my face and i'm like all right let's pay attention to what i'm working on though they're like what happened to your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could imagine that be a little interesting from time to time so you got started out pretty much just by being thrown in to fighting yeah right yeah i mean i started off before i before i fought i helped people get fights so i kind of knew what to like expect i can kind of got familiar with yeah. kind of how it went back then. And honestly, I was like, you know, I just, I'm one of those people where like, I, I just, sometimes I see something, I want to do it, you know, and you know, whether or not I'm successful or not, I don't want to go back and say, well, you know, I was, you know, I never tried, you know, whereas that way I just yeah. go into it, try it. And I'm doing pretty good, you know? So and did you have words with your cousin after that fight? After you're like, oh, I found out you were talking, uh, telling him I was talking shit about him too. Yeah, yeah. And he just didn't really say anything about it. He was like, yeah, well, you fought. And I was kind of like, all right, well, you made a good point there, buddy, I guess. So, yeah. And plus, he's way bigger than me. So there's no way I was going to be trying to like physically address that issue. You know, <laughs> he's like six <laughs> inches taller than me. It'd be like trying to wrestle your dad when you're a kid, you know? <laughs> no, wow he's yeah. like just beating on her like wrestling with you and he's like really you're just like not doing anything yeah <laughs> does your fighting style and stand-up style have anything in common Ooh, that's a good question i would say uh, yeah to some degree i am i'm very like not so much when i fight but more so when i like spar and train like i'm kind of like real lighthearted about it some guys aren't necessarily lighthearted so I kind of joke around sometimes when I probably shouldn't be joking around and then I get my ass beat in training for it. So <laughs> it's like, stop trying to tell jokes and throw kicks, Gillespie. <laughs> okay. <you know. laughs> okay. All right. So you're even the comic while you're training yeah. too. Then, yep. huh? I'm the comic relief amongst the guys that train with sometimes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
do you take uh do you take some of your but for comedy do you take some of your training from mma or the way you train from mma and put that towards stand-up? definitely and like one of the i guess one of the ways i i think about it is when people they talk about how scared they are to go up on stage you know like oh man i could I couldn't go up on stage to tell jokes. That would just, you know, I'd freeze up. I'd lose it, you know. And then I hear people and they're like, you know, man, I couldn't go out and fight. Like I would have to, I'd be so nervous just to be in front of all those people and I have to actually fight. And it's like, man, I am, I don't care. Like I don't care if there's like 80 people out there. I don't care if there's like 8,000. I'm just going to walk out there and do it. Because, and then fighting too, like um, there's like a lot of kind of side heckling. Like, you can hear it sometimes if, like, a fight's going slow and you hear, like, every person that's ever, you know, like, every MMA fan that's never trained a day in their life but, like, knows how to beat everybody's ass is like, you need to throw some knee. Come on, goddammit. You hear that all the time. And it's like they're standing up punching each other. You're like, that's not even a thing, you know. Like, you'll hear, like someone will be on the ground choking them and they'll be like, Superman punch. And you're like, what? What are you even talking about? That's not even <laughs> standing. What? You know? But everyone's uh It's like just because you have a tap out shirt doesn't yeah, make you like, an expert. Yeah, I guess, man. And the same thing with comedy, you know, you get a lot of people like in the crowd. Sometimes you get a lot of hecklers. And uh, you know, hecklers, you know, everyone thinks they're funny, but they don't ever want to go up on stage. So though people they'll try to like compliment your your set while you're up there and you're like, All right, shut up, dude. Like, seriously. So and then it's like, you know, sometimes we've even had situations before. I've been in a situation before where somebody got physical like in the lobby during intermission, like they were going to hit me and one of the other comedians with a beer bottle. And we were just like, all right, we're going to bounce you out of here. We're going to beat the shit out of you if you don't get out of here. So I kind of take the, uh, you know, cause people, especially like drunk people, they think comedians are like, Oh, Hey, it's this guy. And he's just funny. And I can like be, be a huge dick. And it's like, no, we're going to take you out back and whoop your ass. If you're not nice to people. <laughs> yeah. Cause hecklers don't understand. Yeah. I think most of the time it's just, I want to be part of the show, but they don't necessarily understand or care that they're ruining yeah. the show. And for then, everybody you know, else. you get people that are just like, come on, man. You know, it's like, it's weird. Sometimes I think, you know, like, uh, when people go to comedy shows sometimes, I, I don't know, like, what happens. Like, if they just have, like, a minor stroke when they're, like, sitting there drinking, like, five beers in, they just, like, have a seizure and turn into, like, ultra douche. But like, we, uh, I did a show uh, not too long ago with uh, Don Trenagle, actually, at the Isle of Capri, and we had a lady that was just, like, just intoxicated, and she just, like, wouldn't shut up. So halfway through the show pretty much every comedian that went up after that their whole set was just like for 30 minutes trashing this woman repeatedly and she was like, <laughs> and it was like everybody <laughs> thought it was like it made it, the show got super funny because it was almost like an impromptu roast of this drunk bitch from like some random iowa truck stop you know the lot lizard yeah and <laughs> she we were dogging on her for that too we were making fun of her clothes it was horrible like there would have been some very offensive at that show but I'm sorry, you show up to a show and you do that to people like the comedians. You try to like just, and she was ridiculous. She like wouldn't shut up. We ended up having to have security throw her out. You know, like people think that that's acceptable behavior in public sometimes. I don't know, man. Yeah. And if anybody tries to heckle at a Don Trenagle show, they've kind of got their work cut out for them because Don can handle oh, yeah, a heckler. He, uh, I'll tell you that. He does this thing to some people where he just kind of reaches into their inner soul and pull out this like one 
very like vulnerable thing about them and expose it and they just like freak out like you know like when people it's like hey you were touched by your dad as a kid and they're like what did you know that you know like oh shit you know <laughs> i didn't like <laughs> guess you know freaking out like yeah <laughs> yeah 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 don don definitely has a way uh with crowd work i actually had him on my show um uh, i don't know it's probably like 20 episodes ago if if not more than that but uh, he came on and he was uh, talking about doing a uh, show on the CW in the area where he has stand-ups come on. Have you had any part in that? Actually, on season three, episode seven, and it's uh, it was the clean comedy stuff. So I had to kind of go borderline with some of the jokes, but definitely check that out. Don Zilla, man, Don Ternagel, if, if you haven't checked him out also look because he is an awesome comic and he's also helped a lot of comics in eastern iowa sort of you know do shows and see what it's like kind of get their feet wet into you know bigger business or you know, wherever they go but in comedy especially like and he's even helped me out he does insurance he's an insurance salesman he's one of those guys and uh he's gonna start an mma promotion for a while and uh, he was helping me with the insurance on that too so he's like a multifaceted man he's all uh business and pleasure <laughs> yes yes um and don actually gave me my first show too like uh he heard me uh doing a christopher walken and arnold schwarzenegger impersonation <laughs> doing karaoke and he ended up like he, he said he was cracking up during it. i didn't quite see it but i told him hey i'd love to get into doing stand-up comedy and he was uh, like, well, I got this show going on. I got some stage time for you if you want. So uh, so basically, I took all the stuff that I said on air at the radio station and turned that into a stand-up bit. And it, it was really kind of cool because I actually got to see a response to the things that I say on air. Like, Yeah, like instead of being in the room, just kind of seeing how it plays out live style. Yeah, or like just being in uh, being on air where you don't get any direct feedback. You might hear about it later on if you're out at like a bar somewhere. Somebody come up to you. I heard what you said on the radio. Uh, it was either <laughs> hilarious or stupid. You know, one of the two, uh, you know, I was like, they were like, why do you play so much Rush? Yeah, they get start getting mad about the music like you have any real say in it, you know? You're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just a puppet that gets to talk shit about the bands I don't like. Well, well here, here are uncontained viewers out there in the, uh, the deep web abyss. I don't know. Is this on the internet as well? Yes, it is on the internet. Yes, uh, it's on iTunes, Stitcher soundcloud awesome uncontained viewers here's one for you many years ago this is actually kind of how i ended up doing uh stand up with static uh he used to host an open mic night at this tiny little bar called stashed it used to be uh there ran by dylan and kelly they were awesome and uh, oh, yeah. i remember uh you were you had another gig you were doing and uh you asked me to host that show and it was like one of my first experiences ever you know kind of running an open mic like seeing what it was all about and stuff like that. And that was instrumental to kind of helping me out later on. So I definitely wanted to thank you for that. And uh, God, it's been like six years ago, seven years ago, something ridiculous yeah, like that. <laughs> it has been. And I think my other gig that night was I was actually uh, announcing oh, the roller derby so. in Cedar Rapids. 
I think so. I did I did that some sometimes too, which was kind of kind of entertaining. I l- I learned a little bit about roller derby. It wasn't all like <laughs> people hitting people with chairs and pipes like WWE style. Like I I envisioned it in the beginning, but still there was there were roller oh, yeah. girls no, flying I, um, into the seats. Dude, still, everyone so. thinks MMA hard. I always imagine what it would be like to do that with roller skates on, and uh, that's definitely like seriously. I had some friends that. <laughs> girls and uh actually one time they had a christmas party and i did their christmas show and they are some tough ladies out there i uh i just want to say that because uh yeah like you know you think you're like, oh roller derby it's going to be kind of like the soft play and then you're like and kind of body check the living shit out of each other and you're like whoa <laughs> they're like play nice yeah yeah they can't necessarily punch each other but it is definitely not a gentle sport no it's it's basically learning how to use inertia to like assassinate people not looking like you're trying to do that very thing <laughs> I'm sorry Eat the <laughs> very true <laughs> yeah my uh my cousin got into that too recently i, I guess there's a uh like another version of it that's not female my cousin's into that and i was like how's that going but he's always into like rugby and like uh like primitive fighting kind of stuff so like he's always into those hobbies where you could like potentially get fucked up and like never you know work again <laughs> like oh happened why don't you oh i got stabbed with a claymore you know that was just what i do on the weekends i go to the renaissance fairs and you know get lacerations all over myself (laughs) so do you have any uh stories from either the cage or from the stage oh man tons of them like no definitely um geez i'll tell you when i used to when i used to fight back before 2010 before iowa had rules MMA there was like no rules like you literally they like promoters would come and like set up a boxing ring in a bar in like bunghole Iowa and anyone would go in there and you could sign up and you could fight and they had like no weight classes they didn't care if you were drunk they didn't care if you had AIDS like they didn't blood test nothing you just came in signed a piece of paper saying if you broke your neck you wouldn't sue the bar or the guy who owned the boxing ring and then you would just fight and um oh you'd see this happen a lot like you'd see someone get their arm like one time i watched this guy he was putting something called a key lock which is kind of like a wrist lock where you rotate their arm on you know the normal spectrum of which an arm can rotate and the upper part of his arm like completely fractured like you could see it happen it just like there's this and there was probably like 300 people in this bar ah. and you could hear that sound over everything it was like a that just echoed you know and everyone kind of ooh like he gets up and he's trying to like shake it off. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know I'm and feeling that it's now. all hanging at this angle. But this guy like doesn't want to be a pussy. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to be like one of those. You know, because there's this machismo. You know, that kind of comes to being <laughs> like a you know a fighter. So this guy is yeah. sitting there trying to walk it off, and his arm is obviously hanging at this messed up angle. So they didn't take him to the hospital or anything. They just took like half of a pool stick. They unscrewed a pool stick so it like came in half and duct taped his shoulder to his elbow. This dude for like the whole night sat there and drank himself into oblivion with like a completely fractured arm. Like, and then afterwards he went to the hospital. 
So it was like, you know, wow. it's like trying to run a race and cutting your foot off right at the very beginning. You know, you're like, you're going to have to go to the hospital anyway. They're going to have to do surgery to you. Get really drunk and have your blood be super thin before you do it, though. That's, you know, that guy was living super dangerous. That guy was uncontained. I don't know where that guy is. I don't know where he is in bunghole, Iowa. But, dude, you are uncontained. <laughs> and that broken-ass arm that you had was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, man, that's a whole different kind of uncontained seen, uh, right there, man. Old, that's older just, ladies, like yeah. like mid fifties ladies <sighs> that were like there to see their nephews, grandsons fight. They got into this huge bench clearing brawl at the Hawkeye Downs Event Center one time. There was like twenty people trying to get out of the way. They had to stop the fights. The police had to come in and break it up. And everybody had thought that there were just all these like guys fighting because that's usually how it goes down when it goes at these events. I think I was there. I think I was there for the radio station, actually. I did like the crowd <laughs> welcome. I didn't do the ring announcing there. I did some of that before for some uh, MMA fights, but did like the crowd welcome. And I do remember some crowd fighting out. Yeah, it was everyody thought that they were just, you know, because like, that's what happened. Finding out it was chicks. Guys get super drunk, and then they're like, oh, my, my nephew can beat your nephew's ass, you know. And then it's like 50 year old guys that have been smoking a pack of day throwing windmill punches on each other in the parking lot you know but this one was like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you just like it's like every world star hip-hop video where people are just like flailing their arms like just they have no feeling in them and uh all these people fighting and yeah at the end of the day next day we're sitting there and we're in wrestling class and one of the kids wrestling class was like yeah those my aunt was one of the ladies in that fight and she was fighting this other lady we were like what <laughs> like it was like the biggest fight I had ever seen at an event like that, like where people were just like running <laughs> from the fight, you know, and it's some some soccer moms getting super pissed off at each other over seating, you know, something more like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or somebody said something about their son and was like, my son is not a pussy or, like, you know, and then she's like, I'll, I'll beat your ass. I went to a, to a fight in December of uh, 15 in Marshalltown and the, the guy that lost the fight ended up losing it and throwing punches at everybody like referees, like after they got the, he like was throwing punches on the refs and the commission. They like permanently banned him. Oh, yeah. wow. That's a People that's a wild. good way to do things, you know, like lose a fight. Well, I couldn't beat the guy that I was fighting, but I'm going to beat everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get mad and throw a sucker punch on the guy that just beat me. It was, yeah, dude was just losing it too. And it was like, you know, like, after, you know, like, you know, like sometimes people get in a fight somewhere, even in a bar setting, and there's like this sort of sense of reason that comes over everybody after a minute. Like, all right, everybody break it up. Everybody break that shit up. No sense of reason there. Like, no, like, dude was just like, he, they, he was laying on the ground with like, yeah, them down. He was still trying to like punch people. You're like, jeez, must have been really upset that fight i mean <laughs> yeah yeah that's, trained. yeah that's just crazy man that's crazy uh <laughs> wow some people just you know are not good losers but yeah i don't i don't know but, but they, make, they may not be good losers but they make funny losers and those guys we that's need true more that's, of those guys <laughs> that's where a lot of good stories come from yep take it in stride i guess Right on, right on. So, um, so you can answer this for both comedy and for MMA, but 
Uh, what advice would you have for people who are looking to get started out? Oof, like in either. Okay. Um, well, in comedy, the first thing I would say is um, get used to the idea of like, you know, I think a lot of comedians when they go in, they have this perception that everything they say is just going to be off the cuff. You know, like, you know, I am just going to write these eight jokes and, you know, they're all going to be funny. And uh, I think that as a comedian, you really got to go in there and kind of like be realistic, you know, and like, I think, you know, be determined and driven, but at the same time, assess yourself, you know, like, you know, and a lot of times the most critical person you can have is yourself. Sometimes I think some of the best insights that I've gained are just from self-discovery, you know, going over your material reading it, you know, looking over it, writing more, you know, and trying out jokes. You know what I'm saying? I think we live in, as a, as comedians, I think that we live in a society where um, there's there's so much taboo as to what you can and can't say, you know, <laughs> and I think that that's yeah. complete bullshit. Like, and I think some of the funniest things are are things that are not supposed to be funny. You know, things that are supposed to be super serious. Those are some of the funniest things ever. And I think one of the, the ways that we as a society sort of diffuse um, our aggressions is comedy and kind of addressing certain subjects through comedy. So don't be afraid as a comedian to just go in there, you know. And other thing as a comedian, like get out there. You know, if, you, if you're like young and you don't have kids, you don't have responsibilities, open mic your ass off all over. You know what I'm saying? Go you know, get a couple of buddies, drive in a car into the next state, do an open mic night there, you know, meet people you've never met before, you know, try, you know, there's no, I think a lot of people as comedians kind of go into the idea that there has to be this formula that you have to do, like in order to be successful, in order to be successful, you got to do A for a certain amount of time, you got to do B for a certain amount of time, just, just try everything. You know, try everything and see where it takes you, because okay. really the only thing that's that you're not going to work to something you never tried, you know, so it's definitely what I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say for I mean, train, train and train your ass off like and, you know, and it's train with people that are going to push you and like make it suck for you, because the thing about training, especially if you're trying to go into any competition, is that. Any opponent that you're going to fight is going to be thinking about killing every single day until they fight you, you know, like, and every, you know, even if you trained all the time, when you step into that cage or you step onto the mat, you think about all the times that you, you know, you're like, man, you know, even though I trained and you're completely, you know, you feel like you've done everything you you could possibly do, you still kind of like, man, shit, I could have ran an extra mile there. I could have done something there. You know, I would say train, 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 and be humble. Like, I see, especially with the advent of, like, you know, social media and Facebook and stuff like that, I think there's this this perception amongst people that fight, they have to, like, create a persona to fight, you know, and everyone's got to be this super badass. And I think that, at least to me, the most, the guys I love and I think the, the better fighters are honestly a lot of guys who just, you know, they stay humble, you know realize that like you know any moment there's somebody that's out there working harder than you you know so just go out there train you know and you're you're always going to be nervous before a fight you're always going to be afraid before a fight that's always going to happen 
you know, but just train. <laughs> and I mean, I know that sounds okay. like a really simple concept, but so many people just don't train. They fight like, and you kind of see it sometimes on a local level. You'll see guys that go in there and you're like, you, you can just tell like right away between the two guys walking in there, you're like, this guy's going to lose, you know, because a lot of times he's just not, you know, what people create in their mind is not necessarily what always goes on in real life and with fighting. Like that seems to be a thing. Like a lot of people, even in real life, like people think they can just punch somebody one time and they're knocked out, you know? And it's like, well, that may <laughs> happen on like the internet when you punch somebody really hard and they're just like, well, I've been punched a lot before and that wasn't been punched. You're kind of shit. Well, <laughs> that was the hardest punch I had. So, uh, and that kind of causes people to deteriorate. So just train, train with people that are going to tap you out like a million times, you know, like, it's it's I would rather lose to somebody who trained their ass off and beat me than beat 10 guys that never trained. And I just steamrolled them, you know, like, you know, that's what you got to be as a martial artist. You got to be willing to understand, accept and throw caution into the wind of of competition, you know, which means that sometimes you might yeah. be the underdog. Sometimes you're going to get your ass beat. You know, things are going to happen, but, you know, that's, you're going through, much like with comedy, you're going through experiences that most people just have never gone through before, you know, and be able to walk through that fire. And I, I, you know, and I'm still here and, you know, that's most that most people won't even, you know, most people are afraid of that very concept. So just train hard and be humble and, you know, you'll go far. Train hard, be humble, and it sounds like to like something else that I picked up there. Train with people who are better than you. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, always. I mean, it's it's because from a training perspective, if you're training with someone that's that's better than you, you're gonna try to to bring in your capacity to beat them. If you're training with people that you feel you're better than, you're gonna coast. You you know you're not gonna go as hard on yourself. Whereas if you got a guy that's just grinding your ass into dust. You know, you're like, all right, it like causes you to come out of your shell and like really kind of explore what you're capable of. And uh, iron sharpens iron, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> what do you do to uh, what do you do to promote yourself? You know, like I, I've always, I've always kind of been like, uh, I've been low key about a lot of the way I promote myself. I tend to do a lot of personal promotion. But um, I cross-promote a lot when I do comedy and when I do MMA. Um, you know, like, uh, I'll have a show, and uh, I'll tell a lot of jokes about, you know, do, doing MMA or fighting and you know, some of the experiences I've had in there. And if I have a fight coming up, I'll promote it there. Um, you know, and it's, I kind of make each one a gateway for the other. You know, if people like, for example, if people see me on the CW, uh, you know, they're going to look me up on Facebook. They're going to, you know, look me up on YouTube. They're going to see video and stand up they're going to see video you know so you know sometimes if like, i'm in an area and plus sometimes i think people just want to see me get punched in the face like that have seen me do stand up just like all right well let's watch him get his ass beat too now <laughs> we've seen him tell jokes let's see him get his ass beat so you know uh promote there always be cool to people like never never like burn i mean sometimes you have to like cut people off if they're like unhealthy for you but never burn bridges for no reason. You know, I think I see a lot of people's egos get in the way and it causes them to like shut 
you know, shutout opportunities that they could have had if they'd have just been cool with everybody, you know? So, you know, and always, always promote, you know, like, and, and always keep promotion active too. I mean, I see like some of the stuff that like I do, like when I get asked to do shows or like when I've, you know, even been asked to do like to fight for people, it's based off of stuff that they saw that I had done like months ago, you know? So like that could still come back, you know, you're like, man, I'm not getting any shows like two months later somebody could see a video clip of you on youtube and be like oh snap hey you know so always be open for the long game when it comes to promotion <laughs> all right perfect that makes uh complete sense too like uh, and the more you put out there the more chances are seeing even that they might not see it right away you know and oh, yeah, that definitely. makes complete sense it's like yeah they like that versatility i think people you know they like versatility in things I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I got another question for you here. Uh, actually, a couple more before right. we wrap up the show. This one will probably be very different between the two of comedy and MMA. What do you want the crowd to take from your performances? Like, what do you want them to remember? I want them to remember, honestly, that I'm I'm unapologetic, and that's kind of the essence of when I do stand. I'm really I'm unapologetic about what I do. Um, at the end of the day, when you know the lights turn off and everybody goes home and the floors get swept and doors shut, you go home. Really, the only thing you do in life is to to some degree, like for yourself, you know, like you know, making sure that. I mean, that's kind of what it's for. I mean, you may do it for other people, but at the end of the day, it makes you feel good. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's why when I do things, you know, when I do stand-up or I fight, you know, and sometimes in my stand-up, I say some controversial topics. People get upset, and it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, though, I'm not necessarily doing this for everybody else. I'm doing this for me, and I don't apologize for being me, you know? Yeah. yeah, That's it right there. All right. (laughs) Perfect, perfect, man. And uh, what would you say has been a highlight of uh, one of the highlights of your careers? Could be either comedy, MMA, or a combination of the both. Honestly, oh man, I would have to say, like, honestly, the relationships that I've garnered through training, fighting, um, promoting fighting, doing stand up, doing shows you know, doing little mini tours, you know, open mic, the relationships that I've garnered with people, you know, people that I can see, like, you know, if I, I know if I go to the quad cities and do an open mic and I see James Draper, I may not have seen him in like five years, but he's going to come up and give me a hug, you know? And I think that like, that's one of the reasons why I love comedy and MMA so much is they do tend to draw like very people, like very raw people. And those are my people, man, just people that are open to just, having a mellow state of mind and being happy with life, you know? All right. All right. Great. And I have one more question for you before we wrap this up, but first, um, where can people get a hold of you? Uh, where can people see you and, oh, uh, just yeah. throw out your contact information for them. Yeah. Um, you can always find me on Facebook, Shannon Gillespie, S H A. And then when, last name g-i-l-l-e-s-p-i-e no one can ever spell my name right so i (laughs) always spell it out there fine 
Um, you know, I'm always available on Facebook. Um, I don't really do too much social media besides Facebook. I know everybody tweets and Snapchats and stuff like that, but I don't know. It's just kind of not my thing. But, uh, you know, and from there, any anything I do shows, if you, like, you know, just hit me up and tell me you heard the podcast and you thought things were great, you know, awesome. Check it out. You know, if I have a show coming up, if I have uh, a fight I'm going to be at or anything like that. And also, too, you know, like I tend to, when people do stand up or people I know, you know, fight, I'll put their videos up on my Facebook too, but it's a fun place to watch me post memes as well. So, <laughs> all right, great, man. Great. And, um, I will put those in the show notes. Uh, so if they didn't get the proper spelling of your name, they can, oh, oh, uh, good. check it out. So, uh, cool. and find the quick, easy link to, to your, uh, Facebook and, uh, and not your Snapchat or Twitter because you don't really do that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got I got one more question for you. It's the title question of the show, and it is Shannon Gillespie. How do you live uncontained? I live uncontained because I live by absolutely nobody else's expectations on how to act but my own, and that makes me go to bed at night and makes me happy when I wake up in the morning. That that's just amazing right there, man. Thank you for sharing. And I always <laughs> I always have my guests sign off the show. Uh, would you do me the favor of signing off the show today? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my name's Shannon Gillespie and I live uncontained and uh, you know, you too. So have a great night. Thanks for having me. Peace out. And that wraps up the show for this week. Thank you to Shannon Gillespie, and thanks again to you for listening. And I'm just going to assume you're telling your friends about the show. Spreading the word, because the word of mouth really helps out. And you can tell them we have some kick-ass shows on the way for you, including a few more comics from the Bay Area, along with a motion capture artist, and voiceover artists coming your way. Even a director of a horror film. Yeah, that's all coming up. Not saying names right now. You'll have to listen to find out. But that's all coming up on Uncontained. Please stop by the website, check it out, support the show. Find that Amazon banner, click on that, and buy all the stuff you'd normally buy from Amazon. Just go through my page to do it, and that helps out the show a lot. Thank you once again for listening, and... As always, until next time, live uncontained.